Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We are back. Julie, what is today's topic? We are asking the very important question, are you acing or failing real estate? 25 questions for real estate professionals. Now, I have to say, that wasn't your original title for today's show. (laughs) No. What was your original title? Are you a crappy agent? Here's 25 (laughs) questions to determine that. So here's the thing. How do you know if you're on track to kill it in real estate, if you're going to be one that struggles, or are you on track to becoming a statistic? Real estate roadkill. So take today's test to find out. And this topic is the result of a premier coaching session one of our coaches did recently. The coaching members liked it so much that we decided to make it into today's podcast. Rochelle. Yes, that's right. And coaching clients reported that they felt like they had so much more specific direction on what to work on after that session. And of course, we can't drill down on this podcast like we do in coaching, but we are going to at least give you the questions. We'll discuss some of them. Other ones we'll go faster through. There are 25 questions. So you can find the notes. Tim, how do they find the notes? Because there are a lot of questions. Well, I was just thinking, looking at your notes, if I were a team leader, a broker, I was some kind of manager of real estate people, what I would do is I would scroll down below, I'd cut and paste our notes, and then I would give this, you know, essentially this uh, quiz to all the agents that you're in charge of, all the agents that you're leading, because they need to know why they're succeeding and where they can improve or why they're failing and where they can improve. It's all about acknowledging where you're at on the learning continuum and then, you know, drilling down on what you're great at and then the things that you need to improve on, which is you should be thankful when you trip across something that you know you suck at. That's really a great opportunity. You have to admit that you know you're not good at that particular thing because you know on the other side of you becoming good at that particular thing is going to be a whole bunch of uh, more opportunity for you to help people and obviously make a lot of money. So our notes are below. So click the, you know, open up the show description. You'll find notes down there. Um, And yeah, just cut and paste them. And also you're going to see a lot of links. The one I want you to pay attention to is Harris Real Estate Meetup. It's right at the top. We are doing meetups all over the United States. We're doing uh, 50 in the next 90 days. We're expanding to Europe. Uh, So the meetups are something that all of you want to consider attending and the information about how to attend is there. Do RSVP as fast as you can. These events are free. They're organized by podcast listeners, coaching clients, people that are part of our EXP family. Um, And this is an opportunity for you to share the air with like-minded folks that are also um, podcast fans. And this is going to be a wonderful way, an easy way, um, I think a very, you know, frankly, a very, um, you know, curated way for you to expand your centers of influence and past client amongst real estate professionals. If you look at who the most professional agents are in your marketplace, chances are they're also the agents that have the best relationship with other agents. Um, And if you want me to prove that to you, think about this. When you are showing a house, and you know that agent, that agent you are, are you are, you know, your buddies, you've maybe sold some of their previous listings before. I know when Julie and I sold real estate, mm-hmm. when we get offers in from some agents, we knew because they conducted themselves professionally, because they, you know, they counseled their, their buyers correctly, the whole thing. 
we would probably, you know, lean into their offer considering the price, condition, location were the same as the competing offers. We'd want to work with the agent who we had more respect for. Yep. You know, so this is a great way for you to earn that right that uh, spot on their in their brains as being a leader in the marketplace. And if you think in your marketplace, who are the true real estate leaders? Who are the people that you truly respect? Well, you're going to become one of those folks. And a great way for you to do it is by attending one of these meetups, or at the very least, maybe you want to consider hosting one of these meetups. Just go to Harris Meetup, Harris Real Estate Meetup.com, and the link is below. All right. So on to our topic. Are you a crappy agent or are you a really kick-ass agent? Now, if you answer more no than yes, well, you do need to get to work upgrading your skills, maybe your habits, your discipline, and your schedule. The test will reveal exactly what you need to work on and you'll have the direction that you're looking for. Now, for your yes answers, because you're going to have some yes answers, make sure you keep doing what you're already good or great at and strive to do it at an even higher level. So maybe as you go through the questions, you put a star next to the ones that you're already really great at. And then for your no answers at the end of the test, circle the top three that you're going to conquer this quarter, this month, this week, and with your coach. She said something that's really important. And in real estate, if you want to be wildly successful, uh, just learn how to do these things. Proactively ge generation, pre-qualifying, presenting, negotiating. Uh, Julie will say lead follow-up and obviously closing. closing, right? So learn to do those five or six activities at the highest level. So when you're, uh, one of the things we coach all of our coaches to do when they have you guys as coaching clients is we don't look, for, we look for the things that you're really great at or the things that you're good at that you could become great at. And that's where we're going to focus most of our effort because if you're really good at, say, for example, centers of influence and past clients, we're going to make you the world's best at centers of influence and past clients yep. try, versus trying to get you to do YouTube videos. You guys get it? Our coaching and the approach we take is geared towards what your strengths are. And in some cases, guess what? Your weaknesses, they're fine staying weaknesses for the rest of your career because yep. you just got to get good at proactive lead generation, pre-qualifying, presenting, negotiating and closing, and obviously lead follow-up. Those six activities are going to win 99% of the time. So as Julie's going down this list, she's going to ask you a question and you're going to give it a low number because you're going to realize you're not very good at it. That doesn't mean you have to become good at it. This isn't 25 things you have to become good at. These are just your a way of knowing you know, the direction you need to go. That's right. That's why we said at the end of this, you know, decide on the top three you're going to deal with. Okay. So, and many of these questions have to do with what you said, getting good at the core skills. All right. Now note to self, if your answer is not always, you count that as a no. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's get started. Yes or no. There's no in between for your real estate skills test. Number one, and we'll discuss some of these and other ones we'll kind of go through fairly quickly. Number one are at least 50% of your past 10 transactions listings. We talk to you all the time on the podcast about why you want to lead with listings. Number two, do you know what your magic number is? Well, your magic number is the number of active listings you have to carry in your personal inventory at all times to create, to meet or exceed the number of deals per month that you have to achieve, to, uh, achieve your goals for the year. So for example, if you've got to do 12 deals this year, you probably need two or three uh, actives at all times in order to do that not just now and then, but month in and month out. So think about what you just said. In many, many, many markets, I'm going to make it four listings, okay? That's fine. In many markets, if you're wanting to sell, say, 15 listings, if you had four listings at all times, so your magic number, 
the one number you strive to, you know, really truly uh, have always as your focal point, your North Star, is the number of active listings you need at all times. Not the number of buyers, the leads in your CRM, or how many likes you have on TikTok or any of the other things. The active number of listings you have at all times, because here's why. Even as the market starts to adjust, as market as more inventory comes for sale, and yes, that's happening, you're going to want to have four listings at all times. Let's say your goal is to sell 15 homes this year. You're going to want to have four listings because at all times, two are going to be in contract. And let's say you're in most of the country where two, where you know your average sale price is around 400 grand. Your average commission is at least probably 10,000 just on the listing side. Mm-hmm. When you have two in contract at all times, that means you're going to have $20,000 pretty much pending at all times. That's working with no buyers. That's with you just building up to and maintaining four listings at all time. Your number one focus in life then becomes obviously to maintain uh Four listings at all times. The work part of this comes in is if you have no listings, you need to build up to the number of listings. That's the reason you yep. join Premier Coaching. And if you don't know what your real estate magic number is, well, I got great news for you. The whole formula is part of the real estate treasure map, which you get in the first level of Premier Coaching. So just go to premiercoaching.com or scroll below, click the link, join Premier Coaching, look for the thing. It's right at the top as soon as you log in. It says uh, real estate treasure map. Download the treasure map, fill it out, and that help you do all the math to know what your magic number is. That's incredible news for all of you. If you're looking to have a sense of confidence, purpose, clarity about where your efforts should be in real estate, I just gave it to you. Don't make it any more complicated than that. Point number three. Yes, point number three, which really has two questions. The first part is, do you have a pre-listing package? And related to that, okay, you have it. Are you actually using your pre-listing package? Is it the tool that it's meant to be and it's getting you results? So there's a lot wrapped up in that one. And we have done dedicated podcasts all about pre-listing packages. It is, of course, part of Premier Coaching. All right. And by the way, in Premier Coaching, you get our Premier, uh, our, you know, done for you pre-listing pack that's been proven to work in all price ranges and all markets. And uh, we will also then uh, turn you on to somebody that then can personalize it for you using your colors, your branding, your name, phone number, and all the rest of it. But the actual hard work of creating the thing is done waiting for you. The content is there. Okay. Number four question, do you have and use an organized database, a CRM, with updated contact information for all your past clients and centers of influence, past clients, repeat clients, adopted clients, professional center of influence? It is amazing that agents can be, quote, in business for many years, some of them decades, without actually having an organized database. Well, it is a proven fact that after, you know, four or five years that you're going to make up to 70 to 80% of all your transactions will come from your centers of influence and past client database. If you're just getting started in the business and you're saying, I don't have any past clients, you do have a center of influence. Well, I just moved to some rural community. So what? Former center of influence. You're going to have to go out in the marketplace and you're going to have to meet people, volunteer at church, do things uh, that are going to make it so that you're rubbing elbows with other humans and they become your center of influence. That's how you actually build any kind of personal services business, which is what you're all doing in real estate. Yes. The faster, the better. All right. Point number five. Do you speak with at least three people from your database every workday about real estate? It's a yes or no answer. Now, a nice little twist on that is that, for example, a lot of your centers of influence and past clients come from the activities that you're doing every day. You go to Orange Theory five days of the week. You're doing a volunteer thing here. You're doing a volunteer there. Well, guess what? Those people are in your centers of influence and past clients, assuming you add them to your CRM. And when you're doing those activities, you're also then coming in contact with them. You see what's happening there? We're trying to make it easy for you. We want you to do what you're already doing. We just want you to do it so you're slightly bent towards the idea that you are indeed a real estate professional here to help other people. 
And I'm not suggesting that you, you know, show up at Orange Theory and start plastering everyone across the forehead with your business card. Not at all. What's going to naturally happen when you build that trust with folks because they see you on a regular basis, you're going to then start having them start sending you real estate business. Happens every single time. Anybody that's been in the business for more than a blank knows what I'm saying. Very well put. Question number six, do you dedicate at least 80% of each workday to proactive lead generation? 80% of your workday. Some of you are not clear on any percent of your workday. So look at your calendar. You can decide, are you doing this? Yes or no? Keyword being proactive. Keyword being proactive. Keyword being proactive, which means you're actually having conversations with the decision-making adults. Proactive lead generation is not doing a bunch of video making and doing a bunch of TikToking. All of those things have a place, right? We're not saying don't do them. We do them. So, you know, we know that stuff. But what happens is it reinforces. So if you're doing proactive lead generation, let's go back to the Orange Theory example. You're showing up five days of the week. You know all those people. They're also going to be, you know, following you on Instagram. You've got all their information. You're following them. That passive lead generation from the social media, the marketing, the branding, and the postcarding, if you're, you know, doing that, that is going to reinforce the proactive lead generation. The combination of those two things things are going to give you everything that you want in real estate. But if you can only choose one, absolutely choose the proactive lead generation. In other words, if you're doing all these activities or you're calling people and you're making, you know, essentially building trust with folks and you never do any of the marketing and branding, you'll still do incredibly well in real estate. Yes, absolutely. Question number seven, do you have an open house system that creates at least two closable leads every time you hold an, a home open? Example, just had a coaching call with one of our brokers, Northern Virginia, Tammy Irby. She had an open house last weekend. She had nearly 100 people come through. She got three offers. She now has an endless supply of both buyer and seller leads. Why? Because she follows an open house system, okay? It's not just throwing it together, we'll try an open house this weekend. She has an actual workable system. And so that leads to point or question number eight. Do you actually close at least six transactions yearly as a result of your open house system? That's how you know whether the system's working. All right, number nine, are you confident that you accurately price your listings? Okay, so how do you know that? It's a lot of you that are accurate can instantly say yes, because you very rarely have to do price reductions and you probably never have expireds on you. Well, accurately priced listings is not the same of going in there and being resolute about your price for the seller and arm wrestling them and thinking that's what the you no, know, whole point of listing appointment same. is. It's not the same. Accurately pricing your listings is where you can show the seller what the ramifications are of pricing the house in a range. And if the seller then decides to take the upper end of the range, and we're not saying value range marketing, we're not saying that, but if they do choose to you know, essentially price it so that it'll appeal to fewer buyers, you're going to need to show them, and we show you how to do this in the pre-listing pack, the listing presentation, everything else, the ramifications. So Mr. Seller, listen, I appreciate the fact that even though the CMA, not you, not your CMA, even though the market's telling us the house is worth 400, after having seen the house and your great landscaping and the condition of it, I completely understand why you think the house is worth 425. Makes sense to me. So what I've done is I prepared, you know, three different scenarios of what will happen in based on what's actually happening in the marketplace, what your days in the market will be, what your final net to you will be based on pricing the house that say 395, you know, 405 and 425. And you can make your decision, Mr. Seller, where you want to be. But let's agree that if you price the house at 425, 
that after two weeks or 10 showings, that we agree to reposition the house on the market so that it correctly reflects the buyer's expectations. I did not say lower the price. I did not use any of the language that's going to result in the seller hating you, right? Right. Okay. So pay attention. This is called, you know, this is skill. This is what you're going to learn when you join Premier Coaching. Yes. And we also have podcasts all about pricing. So no excuses, right? All right. Question number 10, do you have professional profiles on at least Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram? Or if we search your name followed by the word real estate or realtor, do we come up with unfinished profiles, old profiles, shadow pictures, all that kind of stuff? Do you actually have professional and consistent profiles done? It's a yes or no answer. Number 11, do you ask, who do you know who could use my help buying or selling real estate? at least twice daily, or I like your version even better. What two or three people do you know who could use my help buying or selling real estate? Are you actually comfortable enough with that easy script question that you're saying it all the time? Not out of the blue. Not when you're standing in line at the grocery store, just <laughs> turning around asking the old lady that's standing there with her cat food. But actually just, you know, when you're going and doing these things on a regular basis, well, maybe it is at the grocery store. Maybe it is the old lady with the cat food because you see her every, you know, Wednesday when you she guys have- She knows your name. And she knows your name. Well, you know, talk to her about what brand of cat food and what's going on with her 17 cats and then say, hey, by the way, um, who do you know who's thinking about buying or selling real estate that I should be helping in this market? Or to Julie's point, who are the two or three people that you can think of right now that I should be helping buy or sell real estate in this market? And you will be hopefully not that surprised, uh, but thrilled when she will then, you know, maybe not right there at the very moment, but when she messages you later that day with a lead, that is how it works. But you have to ask. If you don't ask for business and they know you're in real estate and you're not asking for business, do not be surprised when your neighbors when your centers of influence and past clients, when your mom lists with somebody else, because what they're doing is they're assuming because you don't ask and ask in a passive way, like I just asked, suggested to all of you, when you don't ask, they're going to assume you're too busy. You're not professional. You're, you don't want to do business with them. They're going to assume no good things about you. So you always have to remind them that you're here to help people buy and sell real estate. And who do you know that might be that I might be able to be of service to? Who do you know that I can help? That is going to make all the difference in 99% of your businesses. That's right. The more you use it, the more comfortable you'll be saying it. All right. Point number, question number 12. Do you have goals in five areas of life and are they posted where you see them daily? That's part of the real estate treasure map. Keeps you on track keeps you focused, especially on the days that are difficult in real estate. Number 13, do you use whiteboards and visually track your business? All of our coaching clients do. Question number 14, are you involved in coaching? That's a yes or no answer. Number 15, do you have and use a buyer presentation? More important than ever, thanks to the commission lawsuits and all the other reasons that have always been there, but are just being highlighted. And now. by the way, those of you who are longtime listeners, you know what I'm about to say is true. We've been telling you guys for 14 years on this podcast uh, why you should not be buying buyer leads. We've been telling you for 14 years why we think that buyer agent commissions would become something of no longer of an entitlement of the real estate transaction. Now, we didn't know that we would be proven correct because of the litigation that's happening now. But it is a fact that buyer agent commissions are no longer going to be an entitlement uh, to the real estate transaction. Do we believe in buyer agency? Hell yeah, we do. Do we believe that the United States is the best system in place for helping buyers and sellers? Absolutely. All those you know wonks that fantasize about the amazing market in Australia? No, I don't think so. The United States has the best uh, model for helping consumers and protecting consumers when it comes to buying and selling real estate. That said, 
buyer's agents, you're going to have to start learning how to negotiate for your commissions. In some cases, you're going to have to ask the buyer to pay your commissions. We do think we are we are 100% confident that buyer's agents' commissions will still be um, you know alive and well even after all this litigation is resolved. By the way, I don't know if you know this, Julie, but NAR has gotten together with all the pretty much major brokerages and they're um, asking for the uh, that whole. Uh, the whole uh, essentially a uh, court case mm-hmm. to be thrown out because they found a whole bunch of legal things that oh, would okay. essentially invalidate the, uh, yeah, I know. That's so it, we're, ju- we're just getting started. Yeah, we're yes. in the first inning of all that. Mm-hmm. But at the end result, you're going to see the nature of how buyer agents are paid. That's going to change. I'm going to give you guys something else sure. too. And I want you to pay attention to what I'm saying. June or July, 2024, you're, there are, are going to be new rules in place that are going to make it so that it's uh, very difficult for you to buy buyer leads. Uh, we talked about this on a past podcast, mm-hmm. but I just gave you the bottom line. So in the middle of 2024, there is or was a change in the way that the companies that provide buyer leads, sell buyer leads to you guys, the way that they do business. That is going to rock, wreck many agents who don't know how to actually generate their own leads, who don't know actually how to do anything other than pay ridiculous referral fees to all these companies that charge ridiculous referral fees. While there's time, please take action and learn how to be a caring, competent, and skilled real estate professional so you can actually declare your freedom from all these companies that are just essentially trying to sell you leads at 30 40%. The average agent buying buyer leads, when you factor in all the expenses they have, they're making like 10 or 15%. Don't do it, guys. It's easy to generate buyer leads. I don't want to get on more of a soapbox than I already just was. (laughs) Point number 16. Number 16, do you actually answer your phone at least 80% of the time when it rings? Our coaching clients report that fact, furiously fast lead follow-up, that by itself can increase your business 20 or 30%. Now, here's the pivot on that. In many markets, you don't get a lot of phone calls because of the way the phones work nowadays, but you do get texts and you do get messaging. So furiously fast lead follow-up is the point you should be paying attention to, which is point number 17. Yes. Do you follow up furiously fast, calling back in less than five minutes any lead that you didn't speak with by answering the phone? And that, to your point, includes when they text you, call them back. Listen to what Julie just said. When they text, you call them back. When they message you on Facebook, you call them back. You message them on Facebook, but then you also call them. Instagram, does not matter. Do not assume that because they message you digitally that you're not supposed to call them back. Calling the calling them back and then using our professional pre-qualification script, whether it's a buyer or a seller, that is going to be oftentimes the very thing that doubles, triples, quadruples your income this year. Very well put. Number 18, do you send five thank you or congratulations cards every day? Super easy to do when you back it up with your social media. You should be doing this to connect the dots with your past client center of influence, your friends on social. It's a yes or no answer. Question number 19, do you have and use a listing presentation? Some of you have been lucky on a handful of deals because of your sparkling personality and winging it and because the market had its wins at your back. Not just a listing presentation, but a listing presentation that differentiates you from all the competitors. You have to have your own USPs, unique selling propositions. And we, again, teach you how to do all this. We've already carved all of them out, created all of it for you. It's in Premier Coaching. The link to join Premier Coaching is below, obviously. But if you're listing presentation or if you don't have one, you're going to start losing. You're going to work your butts off to get a listing lead and that listing, that seller is going to list with someone else just because you did not have a professional approach. I promise you guys, it's the tiniest little, little things why a seller will decide to take the, give the listing to somebody else or not. So this is what happens when you become really, really good. 
you end up only competing against the other people who are really, really good. This is true with anything in life. The air is indeed rare at the top. And then what you'll discover is that your, guess what? Your shining personality ain't any better or worse than theirs. Your pictures of your dogs and your vacations ain't any better than theirs. Your marketing, your branding's all good. The, everything, everything is the same, basically. Your pricing's the same. The commission's the same. They like you weekly. They don't really differentiate one for the other. You're interchangeable with your competitors. That's what happens the more upmarket you go. What's going to make the littlest of differences is your ability to differentiate yourself with the tiniest of the little Easter eggs is what we like to call them. That's what we talked about on the podcast um, the other day. All the little things are going to make the difference. You're going to resonate with them because they can see that, yes, you are at the top of your game and so are the two agents you're competing with, but you're just that much better. That's the reason, guys. And if you want to talk about branding, that's the reason ultimately one thing has, a, you know, one product is worth more and has a waiting list of people that want to buy it versus the next thing. There never is in any marketplace for any product. Uh, generally speaking, what you'll see is there's one top agent, one agent that's getting a majority of the business. And there's usually two or three agents that are competing for number two. That's true with everything in life, whether it be cars or lace purses or you know, vodka or wherever the hell else you buy. There's one absolute star brand. What makes that brand the best? It, you know, it's interchangeable. What, why are people willing to pay twice as much for a Ferrari as they are a Porsche? It does basically the same thing. It has a lot of, by the way, the same exact mechanical aspects to it. Transmissions come from the same company in Germany. That is true. All these things are the same. Why is it that an Hermes purse costs $30,000? And what would be number two? A Louis Vuitton or a Chanel purse? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't carry a purse, right? <laughs> right? So, but what makes a Chanel purse worth, or a Louis Vuitton purse costs, say, five grand, and a Hermes purse costs 30 grand? They're both made of material. They're both, you know, everything looks the same. It's because people recognize that there's something about that Hermes purse that makes it more desirable and they're willing to pay five or six X for it. That's the place that you go when you essentially have learned how to be a true professional and you're operating at the highest level. That's where we want you all of you to go as a coaching client. I know that's where you and your heart of hearts want to be. And the reality of it is in this marketplace with what a lot of you guys are going to be experiencing over the next 10 or 15 or 20 years in your real estate careers, the little tiniest of things, the showing up on time, how your for sale sign looks, how you present yourself, how quick you follow up with the lead, the order in which, you know, asking questions, uh, all these little tiny things we teach you as a coaching uh, client, those are the things that are going to make you have the, not just a brand, but you're going to become something that is so much beyond what you can imagine. And you won't even understand, it'll get to the point where you're going to start taking listings, having people call you and, you know, they're going to say, well, of course I'm going to list it with you. You're going to become the aspirational choice in your marketplace. Listen, I could list with Bob, Susie, and Karen, but I'm going to I'm going to list with Steve because Steve is the clear runaway uh, winner in the marketplace. Now, here's the problem: once you become that clear runaway winner, you got to you can't be complacent. You have to continue to fight to hold that mantle. You are not you never just arrive in a competitive marketplace, which is everything and every everyone in life. You're always competing. You never just arrive. As soon as you allow yourself to become complacent, somebody else is going to eat your lunch. Always look for ways to improve the service you're providing to your actual clients. Don't be suckered into believing because this is the truth. You know it intuitively and anyone that's been in the business for a long period of time will tell you what I'm saying is true. Don't be suckered into believing that you can buy your way to having that spot in their minds as being the best of the best. You have to earn it. And you have to earn staying there too, to your point. 
Thank you for mentioning that. Now, question number 20. Do you listen to this podcast daily? It should say, do you do something as a result of listening to this podcast daily? Question number 21. Are you self-generating more leads than you're paying for? And we talked to you a lot about that. Proactive lead generation versus buying business. Learn to be a, when you're a listing agent, I got great news for you. You're going to generate at least probably three transactions, including the sale of the listing. Some studies have shown it's even more, but let's just stick with three. So one listing equals three transactions. How many sales do you need this year? Do the math. I have a great shout out to Rachel Romans in Madison, Wisconsin. Okay, Sue and Rachel are a mother and daughter team. And they just reported that uh, Rachel just took a listing solo. So kudos to you. It was one of her first completely solo appointments. She got all the commissions. She got her price. She did. It was very textbook. But why do I point this out? Because she had a combination of many of these questions in her favor. To your point, when you are a listing agent, you will self-generate. They texted me that victory. I said, "Remind you know where did that come from? That's fantastic." You know what they said? They said that the across the street neighbor from their listing, which they just sold, doing all of the things in one weekend, went there, put the sold sign, saw their sold sign, knew they were going to sell, called three agents. Guess what? Rachel was the only one who actually called them back the same day. Furiously fast lead follow up. Right? She sent the pre-listing package. Maybe, you know, the other agents didn't send it because they didn't even call the lead back in the first place. Showed up the next day, was very professional, used a presentation and closed for the business. I'm sure she pre-qualified too. Yes, absolutely. She did all of the things. So yeah. <laughs> go them. I'm We've so made this easy them. for you guys. Just do all of the things. But, but to the point of, are you, are you just listening to the podcast or, or you're coaching or are you doing something about it? Well, okay. look, we know we're giving you guys a lot of value by just listening to the podcast, but I assure you, this is just skimming the surface yes. of what you get as a premier coaching client. And I accept the fact that not all of you are that serious about your businesses and you aren't ready to join premier coaching. You know, you're circling the wagons, you're circling your plane landing, trying to decide what runway you're going to land on as far as what you're actually going to do in real estate. You're right. Premier coaching probably isn't for you. But when you've actually chosen the runway, let alone you're, uh, you know, allowing the plane passengers to get off the plane, you sure as heck better be in premier coaching. You better know what your plan is going to be because not having a plan is the same as planning to fail. There you are. So that brings us to question number 22. Do you have a predictable, duplicatable business? Or are you overly dependent mainly on the luck of repeat and referral business? That worked when the market was super hot and we had 3% interest rates, but not so much anymore. Well, you got to always improve even when you're, you know, let's say you've been in the business for 10 years and you're getting plenty of business for your centers of influence and past clients. Um, How can you actually make that better? That's what coaching is all about. There's lots of little nuanced differences you can make. I bet many of you who are in that situation where you're getting a lot of your business from repeat and referral and you're having a great lifestyle. You're making hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars per year. You're thinking to yourself, well, you got it solved. Well, here's the problem. Your same centers of influence and past clients are an other agent's list. And let's say all you do now is mail them things and send them things at holidays and all the rest of it. You're not actually being very proactive with your uh, keeping in contact with your folks. All it's going to take is some upstart agent to start essentially having direct conversations with those same sellers. Now, after they've you know done it a few times and they've earned the right to basically be an, a, a trustworthy source of real estate information, now you have a competitor. Well, look at the example from Rachel Romans, right? That seller across the street from their listing, somebody sold them that house, didn't they? Well, they didn't, you know, maybe they did get the call, but they didn't call the person back. Actually, I'm thinking of a better example. Another mm-hmm. one of your co- coaching clients, the gal that was in Austin. And she oh, had, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, tell that story. Yeah, I'm trying to, okay. So she had, if I recall correctly, 
Um, she had a very expensive listing. It was uh, 11 million, I think, that she had had previously expired on her when there was more competition. The market was slower. And, you know, she was somebody that always were trying to get her to call her past client center of influence. Well, meanwhile, somebody from California moves to town who is a proactive lead generator, wants to break into the Austin high-end market and starts calling expired. And she goes door knocking too. Goes door knocking and gets that listing away from our coaching now, client. Very I, painful lesson. Well, I remember that because Julie and I were on one of our epic walks and we got a panic phone call and we answered it and I put know. it on speakerphone. This lady from California, she's going and she door knocking. my listing. Yeah, my listing, my market. Like somehow there are entitlements, you know. And this lady, she doesn't, she's never even sold real estate here. She's, you know, whatever, whatever. And she's taking listings. And she was taking listings that were her, you know, Julie's coaching client, center of influence and past client, who just been doing forget-me-not seeds in April, you know, doing holiday parties, running out the movie theater. But relying on clients finding her. Exactly. Right? And this agent was, knock, 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 I've got a buyer for your house. You know? Yeah, well, that was a really painful lesson, and it cured her of her resistance to talking to her past clients. Right, and it's your egos, ultimately, guys, that makes it so that you don't want to talk to your centers of influence and past clients. Your time is not more valuable than it is, uh, th than frankly, calling a center of influence and past client. Yeah, don't your, wait until you have a painful lesson. Your return on investment from actually making contacts, conversations with the decision-making adults is off the hook. If you think, well, I my plan this year is to do this much on social, this many videos, this much, this much, this much. I have a great suggestion for all of you. Convert all that effort to having meaningful conversations with folks about buying or selling real estate. That's how you're actually going to make your business take off. Stop waiting around for the passive stuff to actually work. Make it work by actually having conversations, starting with your centers of influence and past clients, and then upping the ante and actually calling all the other lead sources that we share with you in Premier Coaching of actual you know, expired listings, for example. And there's a lot of others that we teach you about as well. Question number 23, are you actually working to improve your skills? Only answer yes if you can explain specifically how you're working to improve. If you your answer is yes, I want to improve, but I don't know what to do, that's when you need a coach. Question number 24, can you identify where your next three to five transactions will actually come from? Buyers, listings, who are they and when is their next appointment with you? This is part of the accountability, especially in elite coaching, where we're asking you you know, a lot of my coaching clients, they've got to do six deals per month, eight deals per month, whatever, you know, whatever their number is. Well, they don't have to. They want to because they based want to. Based on their, well, <laughs> well as far as I'm of, concerned, they have to well, based on your, their plan. All your coaching clients have the goal of making a million dollars this year. Well, that's right. And for some of them, that's two deals. For some of them, that's more. But the Per point, month. That's right. So every <laughs> month. You know, yeah. that's, which is an interesting thing, right? A lot of people will say, well, I know I can do four deals. I did four deals, you know, in July last year. Well, the challenge is doing it every month based on, on your specific goal, right? So that's what we work on is you've got to be working to be on track every week, not just when the market heats up or the interest rates go down. It's month in and month out. So can you identify your next three to five transactions if your business plan calls for you to do two closings per month, month in and month out? Well, go you. Maybe you've got three pending right now. You're actually ahead. That's fantastic. But what about next month? What about 90 days from now? That's how you know if you've got a predictable, duplicatable working business. All right. So next is number 25. We have reached the end of our questions. Do you believe that you will succeed in this business or are you just seeing how it goes? The agents that are one foot in, one foot out, they're dabbling. Now, I'll set aside people where maybe real estate and you're listening and you're a great podcast listener, real estate's your side hustle, that's fine. That's a different plan. But if you say that you're in real estate, you're making your living, you're feeding your family off of real estate, this is your primary thing, 
but you're just kind of seeing how it goes. You're not fully committed. The other things, the other questions, they're not going to work as well if you're just seeing how it goes, just dabbling, trying it out. That's different than having an actual plan. Yeah. I mean, that's the bottom line. What's your action steps from this po- uh, uh, podcast? As always, seriously consider joining Premier Coaching. It's the next natural step for all of you. And also look at the other, um, we have a, you know, Red X. We have an interesting um, link for you guys to learn about how to become one of Julie's elite coaching clients, her own personal clients. That's down below in the show notes as well. And also the link for you guys to join our to RSVP for HarrisRealEstateMeetup.com. That's something else that's in the show description below, along with Julie's 25 questions. Guys, thank you for keeping this the number one listen to daily podcast for real. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.